1: Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Just Some Podcast. Ben, just to let everybody know, so this is usually a part where I say fun and exciting. Yeah. While tonight, I think we're going to have fun while we're talking, certainly the point of this episode tonight isn't to have just fun. So it's also a first for two reasons. One, we have on our lovely guest, Christina. Hi. And Ben. Yeah. First time ever, we have a studio audience <laughs> in the background <laughs> lis- listening to this getting recorded. So it's it's uh, just some podcast first. So just to let everybody know, tonight's episode is we're going to be talking about cancer, being a cancer patient, being diagnosed with cancer. While we've talked about it before, our last guest was a breast cancer survivor. Yes. And tonight's episode with Christina is going to be maybe different while we're hoping everything is going to turn out. Well, she is still fighting the fight versus surviving the fight. So we're going to get a new perspective on being a patient.
2: And this is Ben. welcome to just a <laughs>
1: Ben's a loser. Don't listen to him. So that was for Christina.
2: <laughs> such an ass. Well, Tom, it's been a busy few weeks for just some podcast. And uh, so I want to kind of hit on those things briefly before we uh, get in talking to our guest tonight. So first things first, hopefully in a few weeks, we will have a new website. I'm going to do some coding in the background work on that. But the reason that we're launching a new website is because we have been approved for continuing education, which is a shock a little bit. <laughs>
1: The thought that people are allowed to learn something from listening to us is possibly a bad decision on whoever approves it. I just want to throw that out there.
2: It is not a bad decision. Stop it. I think it's awesome. So we're very excited to be able to uh, hopefully here in the coming weeks uh, start offering some continuing education for nurses, and it'll just kind of grow from there, I'm sure. So that's the first thing that we're excited about. Second thing, Tom. Yes, Ben. My line that I always use for the podcast was the award-winning podcast It's never won an award. Well, we can't say that anymore.
1: We could, but we'd be lying.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we received a notification a couple of days ago from NP Student Magazine that we were awarded Best Podcast 2020, which is pretty awesome. 2020 was the year of the nurse, and then it kind of turned into the year of the pandemic and the year of everything. So, I mean, you know, I think we tried to handle a lot of that with humor and grace throughout the year. And so it's very honoring and humbling for them to have named us bed best podcast of 2020.
1: I would like to think we handled it more with the humor yeah. than the grace.
2: Okay, fair enough. But we still have provided some good education. We had some good guests on and we're still going to keep going how we're doing it. But yeah, man, best podcast 2020. Who knew?
1: It wasn't us until they told us. <laughs>
2: yeah, because... Just a quick, funny story there. When I sent Tom a message, because I'm the one who gets the emails, when I sent Tom a message and he said, hey, we won an award. He's like, what? And I'm like, no, dude, seriously, we won an award. Screenshot it, sent it to him, and he's like, huh? Like, you just still would not register. And Like, what? what is this? What is this award thing you speak of?
1: Yeah, several times. And at first, I really thought he was pranking me for some <laughs> reason.
2: Oh, that it would be a good prank, but no, it was not.
1: It would have been a good prank. Like if I'd got something from the Nobel Peace Prize committee, that would have probably been a better one.
2: I'll work but, on that. See if I can yeah. a-
1: see if you get a letterhead
2: anyway. So man, so great things happen with just some podcasts and of course buried pleasures is out and nurse Papa is going to be out here in a few days. So just going to continue to grow and continue doing what we do, man.
1: It's going to be an exciting year. 21.
2: Yeah. I mean, Steve Hofstadter told you so
1: he did in a personal message, mind you, <laughs>
2: which was amazing. But anyway,
1: it was, and I want to send a shout out to Jen. She knows who she is. She's listening. Thank you very much for that. It meant the world. And uh, I really appreciated it.
2: It was awesome to get to watch that
1: as well. So it was very cool.
2: All right. Well, we got all the bullshit out of the way, Tom.
1: Bullshit's done. <laughs> she was worried about cussing, by the way. I was like <laughs> Clearly you've never heard the show. So, <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I don't I don't know that we need necessarily need to do a story that you may miss. I think we'll let's just get into it and see how things go.
1: Roger that. Christina. This is the part where you talk. I'm joking. It's okay. So <laughs> she just looked at, I think you see I was, the I, did. I see was the, waiting for see the panic on her face. Like what? <laughs> We're
2: right. ready for your five minute dissertation.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have
0: one.
1: <laughs> All right. So tonight's guest is Christina who is a personal friend of mine and a respiratory therapist, which on a show full of nurses, you're pretty far down the scale. Yeah, I'm pretty or-
0: sure I'm the most important.
1: <laughs> so, of course, that's what I would expect them to say.
2: They spoken like a respiratory therapist, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, Christina? Yes? <laughs> it's so weird where they're sitting here. It's like a <laughs> way different... We're going to talk about a lot of things tonight, Mm -hmm. but when did you find out you had cancer?
0: February 4th. Of
1: 2020.
0: Yeah. So I'm 33 days away from my one-year anniversary.
2: It's not a normal question that we ask women, but how old are you, may I ask?
0: 40. I just turned 40, so it doesn't really count yet.
2: I'm I'm 39 and holding. Cool. All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one year in... And how did you find the diagnosis? Like what was the things that led up to?
0: So it was a like a two day process, I guess. The first day I felt some pain on my right side below my rib cage and I was cleaning the house. I'm just like, all right, well, that hurts. Kind of like took my breath away, but I'm like, it's fine. I probably pulled a muscle or something. So then the second day... I had the same pain. It didn't get any better. And I just happened to put my hand over the area that hurt. And there was a lump that I felt that was pretty big. And so I called my husband first and I told him, I'm kind of freaking out. I actually texted Tom to see if I should go to the ER. And then I texted, like, I think two other people to see what to do. And then finally I decided, this is weird. I guess I'll go to the ER for it. And once I got there, they did a CAT scan and then they found it and then sent me to the James.
1: So
2: I would like to add the smartest thing that she did was after she texts Tom, she texts two other people to see <laughs> if what Tom said was right.
1: Now so so let, let me let me <laughs> just add to the story. So I get the message and she was like, Oh my god. And I'm instantly going, It's not that big a deal. Like, that was literally, so if you want to feel like a complete sack of shit, like later on, yeah, is when your friend says, hey, I have a lump, <laughs> could this be something bad, do I need to go to an ER? You go, nah, you're fine, and then an hour later, they're like, by the way, they're sending me to the James Cancer Center at Ohio State, makes you feel pretty low on the totem pole of friends and giving advice, so...
0: If it makes you feel better, I would have told somebody the same thing. When you think of the ER, I think, well, normal people think that you should go to the ER for life-threatening emergencies. The general public, however, goes for anything. Yes. I probably wouldn't have gone if it was just the pain, but the pain and the lump just kind of scared me a little bit. But I assumed it was like a, a pulled muscle or something, definitely not cancer.
2: So what type of cancer is it?
0: It's called cholangiocarcinoma and it's cancer of the bile duct.
2: And they found that on the CAT scan then? Is that?
0: Well, they found it on the CAT scan. There were, I think, five different tumors, but they didn't diagnose it as cholangio until the biopsy. And nobody would even, it's such a rare cancer. And especially someone my age and being female, there's not anybody that would have thought that that's what it was.
1: So, some of the background on this from just talking to Christina previously is that this is primarily in males and males from Southeast Asia. So, to have a white female in Central Ohio was not really, you know, a first line primary differential for this. Yeah. So, you get to the James, mm-hmm. and for those that don't know, that's Ohio State's main cancer center what did they do next? Like what was the preceding steps after that?
0: I don't know if they did another CAT scan or not. I guess they must've done something, but I don't remember what they did. And then they just admitted me and took me upstairs. And then the next days were MRIs, PET scan, X-rays, blood work, it's every test you can think of until they did the biopsy. And then once they did the biopsy, they waited for that to come back and that came back with my cancer. So I think I was there for about five days.
2: So has it, or had it metastasized or was it still early on?
0: Cholangiocarcinoma has intrahepatic and extrahepatic. And so it was just in the intrahepatic part and it was in my liver and it was not anywhere else. So just there, no stage three.
1: So when you spoke to the doctors what was the first things that they were recommending for you to do or t- lines of treatment? Like what was, what was the beginning of the process?
0: They basically said that I would start chemo but that I was not a surgical candidate at that time because my tumors were too large. So they were going to start with chemo and see how that went. And that was, that was pretty much it. There wasn't, There's no cure for this cancer except for surgery. If you can get your liver resected, then you have the the potential of being cured. But other than that, you don't. And the average time that you live after being diagnosed is maybe two years, two to three years.
1: So obviously surgery is what you wanted to get to.
0: Yeah, that's number one goal is to get to surgery.
1: So they started chemo, correct?
0: Yeah, immediately. They were so fast. The first day that I met with my oncologist, I started chemo that day. Like they did everything they could to make it work so that I would start treatment as soon as possible, because it's such an aggressive cancer that you don't want to wait at all.
1: Hmm. I was going to say, coming from a healthcare background, the day you meet your oncologist, they're like, oh, by the way, you have to start chemo today is generally not something you want to hear. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's never something like, oh this can wait till next week. Yeah. And then they tell you, or did, did we they in asked. the beginning tell you that? Like, Oh, no. we'll start you.
0: So she called me to tell me what kind of cancer and what stage cancer it was because I called her office somewhat like a lunatic to find out what the results were because I just, I didn't want to wait. I wanted to know, and I didn't care if I had met her or seen her yet. I just wanted to know what it was. So she called me then that week. I went in to see her and we actually asked, Hey, can we start today? Thinking that they would say no, but they called around and made it possible for us to start that day.
2: In the ER, did they, so I have dealt with seeing patients and being highly suspicious for cancer and telling them, you know, that that's what we suspect. But of course, until we see oncology, Uh, We don't know anything for certain. So, I mean, is that kind of how the ER approached it with you as well? Or was it, they were like, no, there's, this is not good at all.
0: I have an ER that's by my house. It's a small freestanding ER that I worked at. So they probably treated me a little differently than they would have treated someone who didn't work there. Fair enough. So the doctor who was working happened to be my favorite doctor. And I spent the most time with him while I worked there. And he's like, this is what we found. It's up to you if you want to go home, but I would recommend going to the James because they specialize. He said I would need a couple different specialty doctors and his recommendation, I should go right away. So they took me from the small ER that we have by our house and took me by ambulance to the big hospital. And then when I was there, the paperwork that the ambulance gives you, like I just gave that to whoever asked for it. And then that's when they took me upstairs. So I feel like a lot of credit is due to the small ER and the doctor that I had, because I don't know that another doctor would have acted as quickly as he did. Hmm.
1: So you get to the James, they do the testing, Hmm. they say, this is what you have.
0: Well, no, I didn't find out what I had until a few days after I got home, because they didn't do the biopsy until... Probably my fourth day at the hospital. And then they did the biopsy and then they got the results like the next week. So I left knowing that I had cancer, but not knowing what kind of cancer.
1: And when they called you and they said, here's what you have, did they kind of lay out the plan like we need to start doing chemo right away? That's when the process began. Yes. And when you got there, did they say, here are the treatment options, or they said, this is what you have to do? Because like you said, ultimately, we want to get to surgery, right? So did they say there's different roads to get to surgery, or they said, you got to do this?
0: It was one option. You have to do this. There's a standard of care for this kind of cancer that everyone starts out with, no matter what stage they are or what kind they have. They start out with this particular combination of chemo drugs. It was two different ones. And I don't know how to pronounce
2: them. (laughs) That's that's okay. How often were you doing chemo?
0: At that time, it was two weeks on and one week off. You did it one day a week. So I would do Friday, Friday, then I'd have a week off and then start all over. And I did that for five
1: months. And right around in here. So this was all IV, correct?
0: Yeah, that was IV.
1: So can you tell them what was it like? Because the way you explained to me is that it was painful.
0: It was extremely painful. The first drug was totally fine. They gave me and that one lasted, it was like an hour and a half infusion. And then the second one burned the shit out of my arm. Like it it burned so bad. They gave me ice packs to put on my arm to try to like offset it, even though it wasn't like temperature hot. It was terrible.
1: So at what point did they make the suggestion to get like a surgical port, or what, what was the step after that? Or did you just say... I'm not going to take it anymore if it's going to do that to my arm.
0: I didn't know anything about cancer. I didn't know. I mean, I've heard of people having ports, but I didn't really know what it was for. So when I was telling them how painful it was, all the nurses that came in, they're like, you need to get a port. They scheduled it as soon as they could from that day that I was there. They scheduled it, I think, a week and a half later. So I only had to do two days of chemo infusions through my vein. And then after that, I got a port. And then it didn't hurt other than the the poking of the port, other than that, it didn't hurt at all. It was so much easier.
1: And that was just like an outpatient procedure they did for you that day or
0: I think I was, you know what? It might I don't really remember. I think it was just an outpatient procedure, but I was there for a while.
1: So someone cut open your body, put something in it and you don't remember
0: No, I remember them doing it. And I remember (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was I was awake and I talked to them the entire time that they were doing it so they didn't knock me out they just gave me a relaxing drug and something to make sure that i wasn't in pain and then i was in recovery and then i went home after that
1: and did the port do what it was supposed to like after that was it pain-free or was this still um
0: it took a while for it to heal so it hurt for a little while for that and then even now if i hit it wrong it'll hurt if one of my dogs steps on it it hurts but I'm a smaller person, so you can completely see the port sticking out of my body, whereas some people you might not even know it's there. you you definitely know it's there.
1: Like so you wouldn't know that Tom had a port if he had one no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So when she says smaller person, I actually laughed. She is skinny. Like my son, who's eight years old, weighs more than she does. So when I when she says she's a smaller person, I'm like that is an understatement that she is a smaller person. So, so,
2: so this is getting into, so February is when you were diagnosed. So March, April-ish is when we we're kind of going through chemo. That-
0: oh Well, I'm still on chemo now. I'm just on a different chemo. But yeah, March, April, and May, I kept on that chemo. And then I had surgery, and then I did that chemo again for three months, and then
2: I switched. So what was it like going through chemo and having your immune system suppressed in the middle of a pandemic?
0: I didn't go anywhere and do anything. I stayed home. I wore masks before we were required to do that. And I just stayed away from as many people as I possibly could, which I didn't really spend a lot of time with a lot of people anyways, but I I made uh, the decision to just stay home and not do anything.
2: Seemed reasonable. It,
0: it was very anxiety producing. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Do you think it would have been caused less anxiety for you though. Like let's say this 2019, there is no pandemic. Do you think you would have felt better about things going on? Or do you think COVID just added that much more?
0: I think COVID added a little bit more because you could always go shopping or just go do something, go to the movies, take your mind off of it. And with COVID, you can't, you couldn't do that. So you're just stuck in your house with your thoughts all day, thinking about what you have, researching the crap out of it to see what the statistics are and what your chance. You just you go down a rabbit hole, which I think you would do no matter what. But it would have helped to have some sort of outlet, somewhere to go, or something to do.
1: Other than sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah. So I guess that leads to another really good question: Did we get any mental health treatment during this time?
0: Uh, no. We did not. I'm not a talk to someone about my feelings kind of person. I am, however, a take Xanax kind of person. So um, that helped me a little bit. And then I have certain TV shows that I watch when I'm stressed out that just makes me feel calm.
1: Mind you, none of them are good ones. Oh, wait, <laughs> you
2: can't say it's certain TV shows and not say yeah. what are they. So, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I will. I will watch Friends every Ugh. single day. doesn't matter how many times I watch the episode. It's on Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. <laughs> and I watch it every single day.
1: Yeah. But while Friends is a, is a decent show, mm-hmm. you realize watching it five days a week for six hours is like lunacy correct like i mean has that crossed your mind
0: (laughs) no no i just i really like it And even if i'm not paying attention to it just having it on in the background is like a comfort thing
1: okay could you please tell me for god's sakes that there's another show well i already know what she's going to say so what other shows would you watch
0: i love ridiculousness i watch that also every day that i possibly can friends and ridiculousness are my favorite
1: Yeah, I was going to point out, Ben, I also, and maybe she's just nervous to say this, but again, best friends with my wife, so I know my wife watches, so I know what she's watching, and just like every other woman in America, apparently, now's the time to admit it, you're obsessed with serial killers.
0: Oh my god,
2: yes. (laughs) Speaking of serial killers and women being obsessed with it, my wife has started listening to the Vanished podcast, and loves it. Thanks. It's just the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, really? I do a fucking podcast every week. <laughs> I can't get you to listen to, but.
1: I know. How many times did I literally say during my podcast, don't worry, I can say whatever I want. My wife doesn't listen. Oh, if, if you're listening, if you're listening, Megan, prove it by telling me you listen to this. How many weeks in a row did I say that? Seven. And You know how many, yeah, you know how many times she said anything to me? Zero. Well, <laughs> so that's, so that should tell you right there.
2: So. All right. Well, anyway, so I was going to say you had the chemo for several months and then the tumors had shrunk enough to where they were able to do surgery?
0: Yes. So they took 65% of my liver and my gallbladder. They took out, they got clean margins with all of it. And the scan that I had after surgery showed that the cancer was completely gone. So I was given the option of not doing any chemo and getting a scan after three months or doing adjuvant chemo for three months until my three-month scan. And I chose to do the chemo because that way, if I did it, I would know that I did everything that I could if the cancer came back. And so I was on chemo for three months after my surgery. And my first scan after surgery showed six more tumors on the rest of my liver. So that chemo didn't work anymore for me. And it's just such an aggressive cancer. That's why people don't live very long and there's so few chemo medications that have been approved for it because you have to do different phases, like three phases of trials, and there's not enough people alive to do the third phase. So it just makes it a lot more difficult to find treatment for the cancer. It just grows ridiculously fast.
1: So we've done chemo. We did a surgery. We've Mm -hmm. done chemo again. Have you got another scan since then?
0: Since the three-month scan, I did get a PET scan a couple weeks ago, and there wasn't anything to compare that to. They could compare it to the PET scan that I had in February, but I don't have the liver that I had in February. So next week, I have another CAT scan to kind of see where we're at and have it to compare it to my last CAT scan. And I think they're going to do an MRI too, just to make sure they're covering my whole body so that they can figure out if it has spread anywhere else.
1: So since then we, you have started a different chemo medication, correct? So this one is oral.
0: Yes. I take it 14 days on seven days off.
1: Now, again, since I know you personally, I know the first rounds did not have the typical when People think of chemo.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. They think of a whole bunch of side effects, but those weren't present.
0: Some of them were like tiredness, nausea, but then there's a whole bunch of new side effects that I never had with the other chemo that just suck. I don't even understand how this stuff happens.
1: You're talking with the oral?
0: Yeah, the oral.
1: So what are you dealing with now with the oral?
0: Extremely dry mouth, which doesn't sound bad until your mouth is so dry that you can't even talk. Sores in my mouth, sores on my tongue. The skin peels off of my feet in between all of my toes. You can just rip the skin right off. I lost all of my hair. Did I say mouse source?
1: Yes. Probably memory loss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chemo brain is a real thing. Like if someone tells you, oh, I have chemo brain, it's not like a made up thing. You really like, I can forget what I'm saying while I'm saying it. And there's nothing I can do except for say, I'm, I'm sorry. And people just think I'm crazy, but it legitimately stuff just leaves your mind. It's it's insane. I've never experienced anything like it before. And. My eyelashes are grown, so I I lose all of my hair, but my eyelashes are growing to a point that is almost, like, insane. Like, it touches my eyeglasses. When I take a shower, the water hits my eyelashes, and then they fall down over top of my eye, so I'm just looking at eyelashes while I'm in the shower. It's super weird.
1: Yeah, so earlier I got to listen to a whole conversation about special scissors for cutting (laughs) eyelashes because she wants those now.
0: So. Well, I have I have to cut them.
2: Seems <laughs> yeah. pretty reasonable to me, Tom. I mean, I don't know. Uh.
0: And then there's joint pain, bone pain, and extremity pain. So like my legs and my arms. I have a lot more pain than I did
2: before. Are you having any pain in your liver?
0: No. I, well, once in a while. But not like I did when I went to the ER to begin with. But I do. I started to... After my surgery and when it was getting close to the time to do my three-month scan, I'm like, gosh, I feel pain. It kind of feels like it did before. And then I went in got the scan, and it was like it was before I had the cancer back.
1: So when you got the scan back and they had returned, were they bigger tumors? Was it just the fact that they had returned? Like, what was the thing that they said, okay, this is a problem that we can't deal with anymore?
0: Well, there were six of them, and the last time there were five. They were overall smaller than the other ones, but my liver was also 35% the size of a liver. So I think it would, if you were to compare them, I would think that it would be similar just based on the size of my liver, but then it, you don't have an option. So when I went there, it was like, I could take the drug that they put me on, or I could do a clinical trial, but I had to pick one. And the life expectancy that they gave me was three months to eighteen months with the new growth,
1: and that was when
0: ninety-nine days ago. It's morbid, but I'm keeping track of it.
1: I don't think it's morbid at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that doesn't sound morbid at all.
0: Yeah, no, I calculated it out. It was five hundred and forty-nine days till death. Like in my head. I mean, I know it's like that sounds so stupid to say and so negative, but the odds of me getting the cancer, like I knew the cancer was going to come back, but to have it come back with six tumors. In three months while on chemo, I, I didn't expect that.
2: So is like a liver transplant an option?
0: Typically a liver transplant is not an option because of the type of cancer that it is. It's just going to grow back in the new liver. You can get lucky and someone might do it, but there are very few hospitals that would be willing to do it. And I will have to find my own liver donor. So. Just like put an ad out in the paper. Like, I don't even know how you ask someone for their liver.
1: Yeah, that would be a hell of a Craigslist ad. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I, currently I'm not a candidate, but it depends on how this chemo works and if it grows. But then the other issue you have to deal with is if you get a liver transplant, then they put you on immunosuppressed drugs. And during the time that you're on that, the cancer could grow extremely fast and kill you and give you no shot at all. And I don't know if that's, I'm not sure how I feel about that versus just doing the chemo and extending my life as long as I can this way. I'm I'm not sure how I feel.
1: So can you pronounce the name of this chemo?
0: It's Pemazir.
1: Okay. So when they started this, what did they say? That's when they said the three to 19 months, when three I start, to 18 months.
0: When I started this. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. And they said, what is your percentage?
0: I didn't ask what my percent was. All I asked for was how much time I had left. And that
1: was it. I didn't ask for anything. So are they saying like they're giving you a 0% chance of making a past 18 months? or?
0: Oh, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's not like a set in stone thing. It can vary from person to person. And it depends on how well this treatment works. If this treatment works good, then I can be on this for well, I will be on this treatment either until it stops working or until the side effects are so bad that I just can't take it anymore.
1: So will the side effects of this become like exponential or are you at where they're at?
0: There's one person that, I mean, I don't know her, but I know of her because I'm in a couple of different support groups who I think she's been on it for like four years and the side effects don't bother her anymore. But I don't. I don't know if that will be the case for me or not. And loss of taste. That's another side effect that I've. So you have COVID.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Have you reflected on your life differently, knowing that you have been given potentially three to eighteen months, or has it changed the way you do things in life?
0: Definitely. Not so much with like church or anything like that, but I want to make as many memories for my son as I possibly can, so that. He'll have that for when I'm gone. If he wants to do something, I pretty much just say yes to it. If if I can physically do it, then I do it because I know how hard this has affected him. So I want to do what I can so that he'll have good memories when I'm not here. How old your son? 19.
1: And I would like to say, again, knowing Christina, some people. And, and I don't blame any person in any way because I don't know how I would react. I don't either. I mean, I, I know how I react when I have a cold and that's piss poor. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's face the facts. Someone said, Tom, 318 months. I'd be like, well, fuck. Like, I don't know what I would do after that. I do know that there are some people that they go, well, I'm dead. And then they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I will say Christina has taken the opposite route and has always tried to seem to be on the attack against whatever she can with this however you may hear during the show and i know ben might hear it one of the things that she told me me and megan was don't treat me any different she's like everybody else treats me different so don't treat me any different And I was like, oh, I don't know if you should have done that because the humor (laughs) hasn't really changed. So if I say something that I'm sure listeners are going to be like, I can't believe he said that to her. Yeah, It's not in a manner of being mean. It's a manner of, okay, well, she doesn't want me to treat her any different. Like the very first thing I found, a meme popped up on, I want to say it was Instagram. And it was like different types of tumors, but it was like related to food. Like this is a benign tumor and this is a benet tumor. And I instantly sent it to Christina and other people were like, you are so fucked up. Like, I can't believe you (laughs) said that to your friend. I'm like, why? I bet she found it hilarious because I would have found it hilarious. So I thought she would find it hilarious. So have you found differences? Talk about how people treat you now.
0: A lot of people, well, people like I'm, I'm kind of like Tom and Megan, I make fun of stuff. So I make fun of this situation that I'm in, even though it's a very serious situation, humor helps. And if I want to make fun of it, it's my cancer. So I should get to do that.
1: It's my cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Can't speak <that>. I, <laughs> Yeah,
0: We all, as a family, like me, my husband, my son, and his girlfriend, we all, well, she doesn't, I joke around about it the most. And I just try to be positive and have fun with it. Other people are just like, oh, I don't know how you do it aren't you tired? How do you do this? How do you? I mean, people just act like, like I'm handicapped or something, which is fine. I understand it. I think the thing that people do the most is just not know what to say. So I have lost friends because they don't know what to say. Either they don't care and they weren't really my friend to begin with, or you just don't know what to say. So you don't say anything at all. And then I've had other friends who I didn't think I was as close to, and they rally around you. So it just it depends on the person. But I definitely talk to a lot less people now than I did before I had cancer. And the only difference is I have cancer. So they choose not to be a part of my life, I guess, because they either don't know what to say or don't care or I don't know.
2: Well you you are somewhat handicapped in that you're friends with Tom and Megan. So
1: So the live studio audience can hear Christina and I talking, but, but they, can't they can't hear, hear you. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that, I guess you'll have to listen to the show. She wants to know what the fuck you said. <laughs> so I, here's another, and I thought this was a great story <laughs> and it's about people rallying to help her out. So Christina found out this is back in the beginning and she's in the James. And I remember, I like texted her. I was like, how are you doing? How's her? She goes, I really, she's an animal person, Ben. She is a huge, like, how many animals do you own now? 10. 10. 10 damn animals in the menagerie she calls a house. And she's like, I really want to see my dog. and And I was like, well, you can't see your dog. So I don't know what else to tell you. And in a move that I got to give all the applause to, because I don't know if I would have done it. Why don't you tell them what Matt did?
0: I I told Matt that I wanted to see Hank. Of the 10 animals that I have, Hank is specifically mine. He goes everywhere I go. He listens to me. I said I wanted to see Hank because I missed him. So my husband and my son drove the hour to the hospital with Hank in the car, put him in a book bag, and brought him up to my room. And we closed the door. We closed the curtain. And uh, they put him on my bed, and he got to stay with me for a couple hours. And it was The greatest thing ever
2: that's pretty awesome
1: i mean it is awesome and i remember getting the picture i was like well fuck okay well he did it so good for him (laughs) well and it's one of those things it's i don't think it's a bad thing but at the same time i'm like your hospital is not gonna let this happen
0: well (laughs) i originally i asked the hospital because all most hospitals that i've ever been in they have dogs that go around and visit people and they're like nope we can't do that you're in the cancer ward cancer patients can't have dogs around because of their immune system or, you know, whatever different kind of cancer they have. I don't really know. I thought it was bullshit. So I told my husband what I wanted and he always does whatever he possibly can to make sure that what I want happens. And that's what he did.
2: I agree. I do think that's not like bullshit that the dog can, you know, like, are you yeah. going to get more cancer from a dog? Like, I don't know what.
1: The- <laughs> <laughs> Is there a golden retriever cancer? Like what happened? I don't understand. But no, I, I, I thought it was a great story. I just remember heard text. I was like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm your SOL. Or I don't know. Put that on a yeah. stamp. I don't know what to tell you. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, there's a picture of her and Hank. I'm like, oh, because I think you actually posted on Facebook. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, shit. So there's, there's, there's Christina and there's Hank. So that's an amazing. Huh. Yeah. Do you have a question?
0: You can ask anything you want. Like, I won't be offended or not answer. You can just, whatever you
2: want to say, just say it. Well, I mean, you're friends with Tom, so I didn't think you'd be offended by much of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's the plan going forward then? I mean, obviously you're continuing the chemo and the, say, the CAT scan still shows the same six tumors. I mean, what's the plan going forward or do you know?
0: The plan currently to just take this medication forever, basically, like I said, until either I can't do it anymore or until... The, uh, until the chemo stops working, can't if this drug will decrease the size of some of the tumors. Possibly, they can go in and cut out that part of the liver again, so it'd be like another liver resection. Or they can try radiation, which I chose not to do the last round. I could have done the chemo and then the radiation, but I chose not to do the radiation because more people die from liver failure from having the radiation than than not.
1: So what type of, is it like a gamma knife procedure or what type of radiation would they do?
0: I had to do mapping for it and they went in through my femoral artery and then put like these beads in there somehow. And then I, I, I don't really know how it all worked through the mapping. Then they can decide if they could do, the radiation or not. So I think it would go the same way. I think it would go in through my femoral artery and then just target one or two specific tumors, like whatever ones are the biggest. And then after that, I don't know what you would do. I don't know if it just, if they shrink and go away or if, if that keeps it like at bay for a little while. I'm not, I didn't really research that one as much because I didn't do it. But now that that's a possibility to do again, I might do that. I don't really want to do another resection, but I would have a different surgeon and I would have it done at a different hospital. So I might consider it if that's what I have to do.
1: So tell us about your first resection, because while we want to hear about the good things, it's good for healthcare providers to hear about the bad things. Mm
0: -hmm. So it was an eight hour surgery. I went in, they took out 65% of my liver and my gallbladder. My surgeon was a fantastic surgeon. I I mean, I would recommend him to a friend, but the treatment that I received at the hospital I was at was terrible. So even with him as my surgeon, I would never go back there. I was in the hospital for five or six, I think it was like six days. It was COVID, so no visitors were allowed. I was just by myself the whole time. I had almost every single one of my nurses was horrible. They were not kind at all. It was awful. I had to have one nurse that I told her, uh, don't ever come back in here. And I wish that I would have done that with, I don't know what the guy's position was, but it was the person right below my surgeon. So it was my surgeon. And then whoever's right below him, who sees all of his patients, he was the meanest person I have ever met in my life. And if you're dealing with people who have cancer or even people who are sick, but especially people who have cancer... You cannot be mean. And pretty much everyone I came in contact with was terrible to me. It was just the worst experience ever. So that's why I don't really know if I want to do it again.
1: The reason I brought this up is because, like I said, contact with her during all this. So I would like to point out, first of all, this was not at the James. No,
0: this was not at the James. Okay. So
1: we won't name the hospital, but I'll tell you where it wasn't. It wasn't there.
0: (laughs) No, I've only had good experiences at the James. I've been admitted to them twice last year. And while being in the hospital, is not fun for anyone. It was very good treatment by everyone who came in my room. Everybody was nice. All of the doctors were good. And there's not one problem. I've not had any problems with them at all at the James, no problems at the James. But
1: at this other hospital, one of the things that you told me now, remember Ben, this is post removal of her liver. Right. Right. What did they tell you about pain medication?
0: Said I shouldn't be in pain, even though I have, seven incisions on my stomach and it was an ex- extremely painful thing i mean they cut through muscle they cut through everything i mean it was it was awful and they did not want to give me any pain medication and whenever i asked for it they made me feel like shit for asking for it and even yelled at me for asking for the pain medication okay. and this is after an 8 hour surgery it's not like i had a tooth removed which they would give you pain medication for that but i get my entire body flayed open and you're going to tell me that you're not going to give me anything for pain and then yell at me and treat me like shit when I ask for it. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me.
2: So this is like rub some dirt on and walk it off hospitals. I, like, like.
0: I mean, basically, I, I don't know. I don't know what their thought process was, but everyone was on the same page. There wasn't one person who's like, no, I'll see what I can do. They're all like, nope, we don't want to give you anything. And when they did give it to me, like I said, they yelled at me and made me feel like shit for even needing
2: it. Wow.
0: And then when I got out of the hospital, I had to contact my oncologist and she gave me pain medication immediately to have at home to take for the pain because it was a, a long recovery. I mean,
2: oh, I'm sure. it was
0: not easy at all, but she made sure that I had what I needed and didn't even question me. She's like, of course. Yeah, there's. I can't believe they wouldn't give you pain medication. (laughs) Did
1: did you ever talk to the surgeon or anybody that explained why?
0: I saw the surgeon probably once after the surgery in the hospital. And when I talked to him, they did give me, he did give me something for a little bit, but they only let me have it for, I want to say, 24 hours or less. And then they took it away.
2: So do you think with everything moving forward, do you think you'll ever get to the point where you're just like, fuck it, I don't do this anymore. I don't want to do the chemo. I don't want to do anything. I just want to live what's left of my life.
0: Yes, I definitely think that I will get to that point because even now, I mean, I spend most of my day laying on the couch. I'm nauseous. I'm weak. When I try to do anything, I either feel like I'm going to pass out or actually pass out. And there are days, some days are better than others. I mean, every day isn't as horrible as I'm making it sound. But for for the most part, I can't do anything. I'm basically just laying on the couch every day. So that's not, I don't want to live the rest of my life that way. So I want to see like what these next scans show. Give this, I want to be on this chemo for at least six months because with this cancer anyways, I can't speak for any other cancer. Around six months each chemo stops working and then you have to try a new one. There are occasional people who will say, oh, I've been on the same chemo for 18 months and it's still working for me. I don't know if that'll be the case for me because the first chemo that I was on is the one that most people say that in the rare instance that someone's on it for more time, like say the 18 months, it works for them that whole time. For me, this chemo stopped working after five months, I think. And then we switch to this new one. And so I want to kind of get past that point and then see where I'm at at that point. But if, say, I do only have 18 months to live, I don't want to spend it on the couch. I want to go out and be able to do stuff and make memories and have fun and go from there. If that's the case, if I'm definitely for sure only have that much time left. But I will do whatever I can to prolong my life as long as I can for my husband and for my son until it doesn't make sense anymore. And if I'm sleeping all day, then, you know, that's not a good existence for anybody.
2: So with this being kind of a healthcare minded podcast and mainly directed at providers and, and nursing staff and things of that nature, is there something that you want us to know through your eyes as someone who's currently battling cancer? I mean, obviously the be nice to your patients, because at one hospital was very shitty, but I mean, beyond that, is there something that you'd want us to know?
0: No, I don't think so. Just, I think being honest is very important. Like I love my oncologist and she'll answer any question that I ask her, but I don't know if I didn't ask the question, if she wouldn't, if she would have told me the same thing. So, and, and I think as a medical professional, Maybe I can handle stuff better than someone who doesn't know anything about medicine and that's why I want to know everything, but just treat people how you would want your family member treated, and even people's families. When I was in the hospital after my resection, they were mean to my husband too. He was allowed to be there the day I had surgery and the day after, and then he had to leave and they weren't nice to him either. Nobody was nice. So it might sound simple to say, be nice to people, treat them how you want to be treated, but people don't do that at all. So I think that, and then if a person can handle the truth and can handle everything, give them all the information that you can so that they can do research on their own too.
1: Well, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to know if you would be interviewed is because I think far too often on this side, on the healthcare side, we lose sight of what that person's going through. Yeah. And so to hear it, especially from someone that's been with us, you know, they've been in the ER, they've been in the ICU. They've worked with us, even if it was a respiratory therapist, <laughs> if
0: <laughs> you can edit that out,
1: nah. we're not going to though. But, <laughs> but the point is, is we, we do develop this callus, this sense of whatever. And when you're dealing with the patient, it does happen. Yeah. I'd be lying if I didn't say I have it sometimes.
2: Yeah.
1: So, so I think that's why it's so important to hear from someone that's like, Hey, I am the patient. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to hear yeah. all this. And, and
0: it's, I, I think it's important for people to ask questions too. Like my husband wasn't entirely thrilled with me when I asked how much time I had left, but I don't think it was because he didn't want it. Well, I don't No, I think he would want to know, but he didn't want me to give up. So it's like, Oh, if you have three months to 18 months to live, at 18 months you can be like all right i give up and then people i believe that when people give up they do kind of die faster than if they don't
2: well tom anything else that you want to uh ask or add
1: we're gonna do five questions right
2: yeah we can do five questions
1: so i didn't tell her about that that's why she had that look on her face. (laughs) so yeah so we'll do five questions i don't i just thank you for coming on the show thank you for
0: asking me yes thank you for being such good friends
1: do you hear that ben i ask good questions and i'm a good friend Win win. Thank you, sir. I'll edit that out. <laughs> ben, do you have any uh, last questions? before or five questions.
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, again, just like Tom said, we appreciate you coming on, and it's it's always good to see it through someone else's eyes. Just like Tom says, you know, there are times that we get jaded, even if it's not intentionally. So I mean, it's still it's a good reminder, and you know, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah.
0: So, what kind of cancer do I have?
1: I I can even (laughs) spell it, but I, or I could come close. I I know that, but I can't.
0: Yeah.
1: So tell tell us again.
0: It's cholangiocarcinoma. And part of the reason that I even asked that is because there's so much research and so much awareness for other cancers. And there's like practically none for this cancer. And this cancer is so much more aggressive than some other cancers can be. And it's extremely rare too, which is probably why there's not, as much awareness and as much research because not that not a lot of people get it but i think it's important to say what it is so that people can research it and know what it is and not just think there's only one kind like my facebook not my profile picture but what's the other picture
1: like the background yeah
0: um yeah it says not all cancer is pink and it's not that i have anything against pink cancer but this is extremely serious and aggressive and pretty much kills every single person who gets it
2: so awareness is important
1: so now she's mad she doesn't have the popular game. I was gonna say. so
2: what i so what <laughs> i hear you saying is where's my fucking color ribbon i it's a cool i get i'm
1: with you uh hold up she has i, a I color. do oh. i do have a color river. it's green
0: oh. it's emerald green
1: all right we'll see yes. yeah i don't know Can it's
2: you...
0: the butterflies are green
2: nice yeah. okay okay Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guests as we ask five, 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 five five, five. questions. This is as we ask every guest the same five questions. I ask the questions, Tom makes fun of your answers.
0: Damn it. I knew I should have watched or listened to a whole fucking episode so I'd know what the (laughs) questions were.
2: So, sucks to suck. Question one, Christina. What is your favorite medical
1: word?
0: Phalange.
1: (laughs) Okay. And why is that? Friends. Oh.
0: It's on friends a lot.
1: Oh, God. I want to make fun of her for that answer, but that answer and response makes fun of itself, so I don't have to. I (laughs) I
2: was really expecting something respiratory therapy related, but I mean, hey, cool. Phalange. All right.
1: I was expecting atelectasis.
2: Ooh, that's, that's good. I, that's a good, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that's a or circuit. I don't know why. They love saying the word circuit. <laughs> Everything's circuit, so.
2: Uh, <laughs> Ooh, look at that look.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <He saw. laughs>
2: Question two, Christina. If you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be?
0: I don't know if I'd want to be a veterinarian because I wouldn't want to put animals to sleep, but maybe if I like opened up my own kennel and could rescue dogs, like I would do that. Not even just dogs. I would do other animals
2: too. I got a phone call. I'll be right back. The veterinarian was the answer, correct?
1: Well, she thought about it because she doesn't want to hurt animals. So she basically wants to get paid to do what she's doing in her house. Now
2: friends, <laughs>
1: that's, I uh, watch Friends <laughs> and, and yeah. own a ferret. I don't know. Like,
0: <laughs> I would want to have a kennel and rescue as many animals as I could. And then find them forever homes. So I don't have to keep them all, but I would want to rescue them.
1: That sounds great until she finds another dog that she thinks is cute. And next thing you know, she has 27 dogs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Crazy dog. What about if you were a vet assistant on like a show like Dr. Pole?
0: Oh, well, that, yeah.
1: That'd be okay. Yeah. But you might still have to kill a dog though.
0: I, I
2: might. See? I am I yeah.
1: the conundrum.
2: <laughs> Question three, Christina. First car, think back to your first car. Stylish ride or rolling turd?
0: I think it was a good it was it was like a brand new car. I think it was a nineteen ninety six Plymouth Breeze. And I think I got it in nineteen ninety or maybe it was nineteen ninety seven. It looked nice. I thought it was nice. I mean it wasn't mine. I met my husband very young and it was his car and he gave it
1: So I think she's gonna officially say it's a stylish ride. That's the other yeah, only I- the answer she was going with, yeah. But it's a Plymouth breeze, so your answer is incorrect. So there <laughs> 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 What color was it again? Silver. I'd like for her to say something like yellow or two. I mean, like, like if you oh if
2: you
0: were to see that car today, you would think, Well, that's an old car, but at the time it was a brand new car and
2: it was stylish.
1: Well, did it at least have a CD player in it? It was
2: 97. It, I'm sure it did. I mean, it
1: would have had to have. Or you had that cool, like you put the tape in the tape deck Hell and yeah. the CD player was on the dash?
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what I think it had? Did it have a five-disc CD changer in the trunk?
1: What? Something like that? Whoa! That you were rolling baller then, is yeah. what you're saying. That's in me. a Plymouth breeze. That's right. Okay, I just yeah. want to make sure we're clear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christine, question four. If your house is on fire everyone including your pets are safe other than pictures what's the one thing you want to get out of your house
0: my sound machine your what i sleep with a sound machine i can't sleep without my sound machine so every time i go to the hospital i have to pack my sound machine
2: is it like white noise
0: it could be whatever you want it to be but yeah i have it at white as white
2: noise I, at first I thought you said sewing machine and I was like,
1: I know that's, that's why my <laughs> eyes got all bright. Like oh, I'm going to destroy her for this answer.
0: No, I, I really, I mean, that's just the first thing that came to my mind. Cause I can't sleep without it.
1: Well, we had to stop saying pictures because everybody said pictures yeah. for some reason.
0: I mean, I like they're not on that your that phone. Many pictures? Like you
1: like- See, that's what I would grab my phone. Oh my God. No, No. too late. No, I can't answer your your phone. See, I would call 911 to put out my house being on fire. (laughs) But you picked a white noise machine that you could literally do the same thing on an app on your phone. But that's cool. I'm glad you picked that. (laughs) So there you go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Question five You have $9.18 in your pocket. You're at the convenience store. What all do you buy?
0: I'm not a very exciting person. If I go to the convenience store, I literally just buy bottles of water or pop or something to drink. That's it.
1: You're going to buy 9 bottles of water.
0: Well, no, because at the convenience store they're like 2.59 each, so I'm going to get like so you're gonna three. Get three.
1: Okay. So, I was going to say, Ben, I can confirm she is not an exciting person. Aww. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she's not. And I'm not shocked at the bottles of water. I was hoping Pre cancer, I would have been like, "Yeah, she's getting water or a Diet Pepsi." Like, but I just—I guess I assumed, post cancer, you'd been like, "Fuck it, now's that time." Nope.
2: Well, <laughs> like, listen, here, let's here,
1: throw caution to the wind and get a Hershey's bar. Here, nah, fuck that noise. Here's the like, thing. We didn't do that.
0: I I don't I can't taste very many things, so
1: so you can't taste water ever. Well, that's true. Okay, so there you go. Well, Thank that's you. true. Like- <laughs> maybe if you try a nacho. You'd get something.
0: I love nachos.
1: So what? You could but I don't nachos.
0: think I'd get nachos at a fucking convenience store.
1: What do you even got to lose? Okay. <laughs> this is the time to eat convenience store hot dogs and nachos. I mean, <laughs> I mean let's face let's some facts here. This is that time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, are you going to catch something from it? No. Exactly. You're impervious. This is that time, Christina. <laughs> Grab the golden ring. Eat the convenience store nachos. Grab yeah. the golden cheese ring. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know that hot dog that's been there three days? This is that time. You eat it and tell us what it's like. That's what we need. This could be your moment. Yeah. Wow.
2: Well, that concludes five questions. If you like this podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web or at www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email,
1: if you want to be on the show.
2: Or if you want to yell at Tom for yelling at Christina. Admin at justsomepodcast.com.
0: I
1: recommend doing that. You heard it here. Are you saying that's your last wish is you want people to email me about how mean I am? That's right. You used your last wish (laughs) on that. (laughs) Jesus. Do I have to help you through all of this? Like I'm going to be her ghost of Christmas past, present and future apparently. So there you go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she didn't use her last wish on nachos. So she had to do it. Yeah. Cause and we've all learned Tom causing Tom pain is funny. And, and good HR for ratings. podcasts,
1: <laughs> yes. All the ones about me being hurt are our top ones. So
2: anyway, again, Christina, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. And I don't know what we're going to do next week, but I'm sure it'll be something fun and exciting and interesting and maybe for continuing education.
0: Thank yeah. you for having me.
1: Is there anything you want to say last? No, I don't think so. It doesn't have to be a question. It could be anything. The whole world, like literally, is asking. Antarctica. That's There's cool. a guy that that's goes lot, Antarctica. That's a lot of pressure. Would you say maybe your last wish, Christina? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Maybe your last wish would be you want to know that your voice was heard on the space station in this podcast.
0: Dude, is that a thing?
1: It could be if you make it your last wish.
0: Oh, see, I'm I'm holding out my last wish to uh, have a conversation with the impractical jokers.
1: Oh, that's great too.
0: There's like a Make a Wish Foundation, but for adults and my husband's trying to get them to talk to me
1: that's pretty awesome so, that's okay but that's a separate thing that's yes. a foundation i'm saying <laughs> you have a genie he pops out of gypsy's ass right now right bam if, would you if say if you would like
0: if you would like me to be on the space station because i know how much you love space yes. then yes i will or
1: that. maybe your last wish would be seeing me win a nobel peace prize
0: or that well then you See? have to share your money with me though done okay absolutely
1: <laughs> oh, good
2: lord. See, every episode I lose control of the show. I don't know. Um, <laughs> on that note, wash your damn hands, wear your damn mask. Yes. Have a good week. Hey,
1: everybody, stay safe out there.
2: Get your fucking mind. No, I why I Some road, rich, and I thought of you And all the many times you say I should have
1: known Took a cross so I could find my chief